Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Money podcast, where I share honest conversations about how money influences our personal experiences, beliefs, and relationships, infusing this taboo subject with a loving dose of dark chocolate and inspiring encouragement. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, which is my flagship program, year-long money school, and global community. Integrating money healing, money practices, and money maps, The Art of Money is my holistic framework, blending therapeutic, body-based practices with the real-life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your relationship with money. So you can say goodbye to that dusty old budget and hello to healing your money life. Learn more on my website, barrytesler.com. For now, grab something to sip on, get comfy, and tune in to today's episode of the Art of Money podcast. Hi, everyone. So I wrote this piece last August. And we shared it with the world, and it was the most clicked on and enjoyed and appreciated articles that I've written in a long time and all last year. So I wanted to share it with you all in this format as well. I hired and fired a CFO in three weeks flat. Some money lessons don't happen by baby steps. They are trials by fire. This is one of those stories. I was ridiculously excited to work with a CFO. A few weeks ago, I hired a CFO for the first time ever and then fired him in three weeks flat. This is that story and the surprising lessons it taught me about myself, my money, my boundaries and ethics, and the future of my work. See, I had just survived a huge money Cohen, which is a money riddle. I was audited by the IRS last year. I know how ironic. I'm a financial therapist being audited for the last two years. I've spent writing and promoting my book on money. I haven't shared a ton about this yet, but trust me, to be audited as a business owner is a very big deal. I I shared my entire audit story, or part of it, when I went to the Gaia Lead event in Santa Barbara, California in 2018, and that whole video is on my site. So wait, rewind, 17 years ago, I was audited as a simple sole proprietor. I showed up at the Santa Rosa office with my perfect files and receipts. Within a few hours of adding up some of my business expense categories, the audit was over. I didn't have to pay a cent over my original tax filing. Now, that was a cute little audit. This one, this year, not so cute. My business has grown immensely since that first little audit 17 years ago. The numbers are bigger, I have a team, and this audit was for everything, our LLC, C-Corp, and personal finances. It took way more than one little afternoon. For five solid and very stressful months, my husband and I had to send outrageous amounts of documents, reports, and receipts and statements to the auditor. I drew on every money practice and tool I had, especially body check-ins. I felt the gamut of the feelings, including anger, and had to keep finding my calm in the storm. 
At times, it felt endless. I emerged from my audit, triumphant, and, to be honest, a little hopeless, too. The main thing the IRS was looking for was whether we underreported our income or overreported our expenses. In the end, all of our income and expenses were accepted as we originally reported them, which was a huge victory. But the auditor needed to find something to ding us, so they went after our self-employment tax as an LLC. This is a gray area where accountants and auditors don't always agree. In the end, we did have to pay an extra amount of additional self-employment tax. Compared to what could have happened, this is a huge success. Them accepting all of our income and expenses means I'm doing a hell of a job with my team and all of our financial systems and tracking. But having to pay a big chunk of additional self-employment tax really stings. I felt like we had already paid so much and so much money in taxes for that year. With the audit coming to a close, I was finally able to take a full breath and reflect on the stage of life and business I'm at. I felt a little hopeless, something I hadn't felt for years as an entrepreneur. I could feel something. I could feel I had hit a ceiling. I wasn't just hitting an income ceiling. I was hitting an everything ceiling. This was a business and income and next steps, next steps in life ceiling. How could I comfortably pay these taxes moving forward and save and live well? What was the next level of my business and work? that felt so right around the corner but still yet but still unknown to me i kept hearing and repeating the words stepping into my legacy stepping into my legacy what could this look like in my work and money and business model in a flash i realized i needed a new member of my financial support team i already had a bookkeeper an accountant and a financial planner but I need someone new to help me vision and strategize and leap to the next level in my business model. I needed a CFO, Chief Financial Officer, for the, for the first time ever. CFOs usually work with businesses larger than mine, so I wasn't quite sure what this would look like for me. But I knew a great CFO would come in, review all of my numbers and cash flow patterns, and help me vision and strategize the next level. I reached out to my friends and colleagues for recommendations and very quickly found the CFO I wanted to work with. My new CFO had worked with many businesses, mostly online and mostly women-owned. He helped entrepreneurs at my level move up to multiple six figures and even million-dollar businesses. One of my colleagues who'd worked with him swore he was solid, steady, amazing, and the best thing that had ever happened to her business. I did some additional due diligence reached out to two more colleagues, and they both echoed similar experiences and sentiments about working with this CFO. So I shared this on Facebook around that time. I'm hiring a CFO, and I'm so excited. I'm hiring a CFO, and I'm so excited. I'm bringing on a CFO, and I'm so excited. Well, I have a bookkeeper, an accountant, and virtual assistant, and online business manager. I have been making all of the larger financial decisions and choices of my art of money company by myself for many years now. I do bounce ideas off my husband, but I've still been the lead on all of this. And the last time I had help with this was over 11 years ago when I had a business partner who came from the accounting world. Excuse me, the accounting corporate world. I've been doing pretty well, but I can tell that I'm on a precipice. 
and it's time to get support to go to the next level of growth and legacy. For example, when I was asked by my new CFO, would I ever raise the price of my year-long Art of Money program, or would I rather open an additional program, I knew my answer clearly. I haven't raised the pricing in now seven years. These are the type of questions I'm being asked from him, and I love it. Oh, and by the way, it would be to start a new program and not raise my year-long money school program because I love the pricing and it feels right. These, these are the type of questions I'm being asked. Also, can I do the second book from a financial standpoint, both from the cost of creating it and the potential income from more exposure? I've clarified the theme and direction of the book and really excited about this one. The book proposal due date is on the calendar, and I want to put this through my CFO's lens. I have decisions like this to make and so many more. Since months, six months ago, I wouldn't have reached out for additional support like this. But after being audited this year and making it through, all things considered very well, I realized it's time to get more support on the overall direction and vision and financial decisions of where my work and the whole company is going. Being of service and honoring the community I've created over the last 18 years is the priority. And I'm so excited to bring someone on who geeks out on all the numbers and who knows businesses like mine so well. I'm ready to be challenged. My new CFO does this in a very loving and smart and experienced way. Once I'm a few months in, I'm sure I'll happily share my new CFO's name with all of you. But for now, I'm going to hold all of this information close and so grateful that a doorway opened up for me to finally be ready to get this type of support. I'm bringing on a CFO for the art of money. My new CFO and I were off to the races. We had a few initial sessions together, and he began compiling all of my financial numbers into his forecasting software, and we began forecasting the rest of 2018 together. I love the questions he challenged me with. He asked me if I'd rather raise the price of Art of Money, my year-long program, or create an additional offering. It felt good to articulate very clearly that I still don't want to raise the price of the Art of Money. And I was looking forward to strategizing with him about my potential upcoming second book. Our agreement, which he offered and I accepted, was for three months. He'd work very closely with me, doing an intensive review of all my numbers, marketing strategies and beyond, for $1,200 per month. Then we moved to maintenance mode for another six months at $600 per month. Then, out of the blue, he changed everything. Three weeks, just three weeks into our work together, I hopped on Zoom for a session, and he announced he was doing a complete business pivot. From now on, he would be charging $3,000 per month instead of the $1,200 that we had agreed upon, moving into 600 after three months. Mr. CFO gave the option of staying at $1,200 for the first three months, but after that, I would have to move to the $3,000 per month range instead of our agreed upon $600 or I could get a refund. But the full pricing agreement he'd offered me just three weeks before was now off the table. I was stunned. I tried to stay engaged and ask some questions so I could get some value out of our time, but I was blindsided. How could he think it was okay to multiply his rate by five times? How could he change our agreement a mere three weeks into our working relationship? I've been looking forward to a long-term relationship with a trusted advisor. 
so that I could get good value, you know, so would I get good value out of a mere three months? Plus, did I really want to work with someone who'd gone about a money move in a way that felt cold and unethical to me? I, I would never do business in that way. I sat with all of this for a couple of days. I've learned the importance of being with confusing situations like this instead of reacting too fast or crumbling into passivity. This was a money Cohen, a money riddle for sure. Two days later, I wrote him a letter sharing how blindsided I was by his pivot and how I felt some of our trust had been broken. I didn't even have my team edit it, which they usually do with anything that I write. I sent it off a little raw. Here's the whole letter, typos and all. Dear CFO, I am looking forward to our next session on Tuesday, but wanted to share this with you before we meet again. It's taken me a few days to sit with what happened during our call on Friday, and I'm going to be direct, even though I'm still confused by it. I'm really shocked and surprised by how you delivered the new pivot in your business. In retrospect, I think you really could have prepared more on your side and had more of your ducks in a row before sharing that with me. It felt half-baked or quarterly-baked, and I'm still confused as to why you chose to share it with me this early on in our business relationship. I can appreciate a heads up, but we really just began our work three weeks prior, and you had just started to review all of my business numbers and data. I can make up all sorts of stories of the timing, but I know better than to do this. And yes, it feels vulnerable to have you review all of my numbers, then have you tell me that you are not going to be honoring our original agreement and that you're going to be raising your fees significantly. It doesn't feel good to be offered one thing and then to be told that you are changing what you offered. It feels like a bait and switch. And part of my trust for you has been broken. And this sucks because I've been so deeply excited for our work together. We initially spoke on June 21st. When we discussed your fees, you were very clear and never mentioned that you were potentially in the middle of a pivot. You offered me a clear service, and I said yes. Now, only three weeks later on July 13th, you are telling me that your fees are increasing significantly, that you are removing the second part of what you offered, and that this will probably remove my ongoing support. This really goes against my sense of you, how you operate, and your overall business ethics. I can't explain how excited I've been to find you and have you start as my CFO. I don't often reach out for support like this, and I've been feeling so hopeful. This precipice that I'm sitting on has not had clear steps, and it's a sensitive thing to share all of my numbers and data with someone new. But I felt a clear trust from the beginning with you, and I also got solid feedback on your character and the work you do from some of your clients. So what you shared in our last meeting was really confusing for me. I understand raising fees, but there's usually a much better protocol of when and how it's delivered. For example, existing clients would get the same rates until, let's say, the end of the year, and this would include someone you quoted your fees to and signed up. And we just started three weeks ago, so the timing is really off for me. When I used to offer my private work, my private financial therapy work for six-month periods, I would stick with that amount even when I realized that it wasn't sustainable any longer and that I would be raising my fees in the near future, I didn't tell my current clients or ask them to potentially pay more than our original agreement. My husband, who's also been a freelancer consultant for years, has also kept the same policy as I have. Also, I never would have signed up if I knew your fees were $3,000 a month. 
It sounds like your new branding services will be focusing on million-dollar businesses, which I am not. You keep saying that I'm not different or that different to a million-dollar business, but to me, a multiple six-figure business is very different than a million-dollar business, and I clearly don't know how to get there yet. This is part of why I reached out to you and have been so excited to work with you. I hear that you've gotten other businesses from multiple six figures to one million, but even with that, I would not sign up for a $3,000 a month service to get me there. I could see doing the $1,200 per month for a few months to see the results, and once I did and see some new income, and that new income has been generated with clear results, then I could see continuing on with that fee. But you've offered me $1,200 for three months and then $600 for maintenance and ongoing support. This is such a vastly different offer than what you are moving into that I'm left really perplexed. I understand you've suddenly realized this is not sustainable for you, but would have been great if you had honored what you offered me and all your new clients were offered the new rates. If you want to be working with million-dollar businesses and moving towards $3,000 per month, I, I understand this. But I would hope that you would honor the clients you had before and honor their fee structure for a while longer and give them time to transition better. When I signed up, I was also so excited to start with someone that I could work with for longer term and incrementally build a relationship with as it can take time. This is what you presented to me in our first meeting, which was so exciting for me. Now I'm left with the realization that we only have three months together. I really do want to work together for the full three months, and as you said, I would love to show up fully for our work together. I'm not sure how we will proceed after that, but I don't want to just stop the beginning work we've done. All the projections forecasting for 2018 data I know really well. I work with the numbers often. I've gotten even more clarity that I was doing so much of this in my head already and with the QuickBooks and Infusionsoft reports. Your quick forecasting, though, is making me even more familiar with my business and the expenses, which I'm grateful for. What I'm excited about, though, is what's next and what income possibilities are on the horizon that I cannot see. I've loved all of your questions so far. And I really hope we can do our full three months together. I know I have my blind spots, and I've been so excited to get your support and experience. I'm also not sure how me sharing my experience will impact you, but I hope it will give you some food for thought as you continue to map out your new branding and new offerings, and I'm open to discussing this further. Please know I love paying people well, and I love having a team that does amazing work. I also honor pivots, but this one feels drastic compared to what you offered me less than a month ago. It's so important to me that there is clear communication about money and agreements up front, especially with the roles that you and I hold for our clients. This is essential to my work, and I imagined it was this is essential to my work, and I imagined it was essential to your work as well. With confusion but hope, Barry. Yes, I realize that was long-winded. But uh, sometimes when I write letters that are not edited, that's how it goes. So I shared with him how, while I certainly understand the importance of raising our rates, the way he went about it just felt unethical and confusing to me. He could have honored existing rates until the end of the year or another three months. I reiterated my excitement about working with him and some of the things I was hoping he would get, he would help me with. I told him I was confused but still hoped we can show up for the next three months together. He responded, Thanks for your thoughtful email. I, of course, agree with you that it's very jarring, and I'm sorry for the confusion and disappointment. I do plan to make it a great three months. We can discuss in more detail on tomorrow's call. So I psyched myself up for the session. Could we come to an agreement? I wasn't sure, but I was hopeful. I set up right. 
I put on my financial therapist hat, metaphorically. I was reminded of verbally sparring with my belated father. I wasn't contentious, but I was asking directly for clarity. I don't love this sort of interaction, but when called into this arena, I can do it. He apologized for causing me pain, and I said, while I appreciate the apology, that's not what I'm looking for. I told him I wanted to understand his reasoning and why he did what he did. What he said next made everything clear for me. He said, I understand that this change is upsetting a lot of people, a lot of my clients. And if I had to do it over again, I would do it the same way. That was all I needed to hear to fire him. He was willing to make a drastic change in his business model, including not honoring original agreements, if it meant stepping into a new, higher-end business model. Some of his clients are coming with him, but many are not. I would never do that. Again, I understand shifting business models and raising prices, but there are ethical ways to do this, ways that honor agreements and boundaries and don't feel like betraying clients and promises. I slept on it one more night and then wrote this letter to him with total clarity. Dear Mr. CFO, I thought about everything further, and I decided I would like a refund for the $1,200 and would like to cancel our further engagement. I do appreciate some of the little time we had together, and I wish you the best with your next business model adventures. I took him up on his offer for a refund and wished him well. He did send my refund the very next day. Best of all, I emerged from this experience with some immense clarity. The gold mine I'm sitting on. The art of money is really an elegant business, Mr. CFO told me when we began working together. You're sitting on a gold mine, but there's so much you won't do unless it really feels right to you. You're not the kind of person who would add an offer or pivot really quickly if it will upset your community. That was very perceptive of him. There's a long list of marketing tactics I could engage with but never will. I refuse to do high-pressure sales and insist on luxuriously long marketing windows so people have the time to make great money decisions about working with me. My design elements and team members and guest teachers and systems all have to feel good and right to me. I won't do affiliate programs or telesummits, and I'm very choosy about my collaborations. And I won't pivot my business in a way that will hurt my clients or community. Mr. CFO saw this, and my reaction to his pivot proved how important this is to me. I'll never sacrifice my integrity or goodwill to reach some next level. My team and I rallied and emerged more clear and powerful than ever. This experience with Mr. CFO sparked fabulous conversations with my husband, my team, we rallied, visioned, and got crystal clear. Number one, I know my number is even better than I thought. Mr. CFO mentioned a number of times that his uh, Mr. CFO mentioned a number of times that his clients are usually in awe of his financial forecasting tools and skills. But I already knew my financial forecast for 2018. I regularly review my QuickBooks and Infusionsoft reports. I had done my own bookkeeping for 11 to 13 years, um, so I, I know my patterns. I know the ups and downs. Even though I'm not, I, at this time last year, I wasn't doing my business bookkeeping anymore. I'd passed it on to a bookkeeper. I still stayed engaged with my numbers, and I look at my reports monthly. I'm watching things closely. So I 
came out of that learning that I know my numbers way better than I realized I did. And that's a big reason why people were hiring him and a CFO was to help them clarify the numbers and cash flow patterns and forecasting. And I know how to do that. Um, number two, I'm very clear I do not want to raise the price of my year-long program. I've kept the art of money as the same price since we originally offered this program seven years ago, and I will keep it the same price when we open the doors for our eighth year next year. Raising the price of AOM, art of money, is the first and most obvious move people suggest to me, but I've worked hard to make my signature program as financially accessible to as many people as possible. My pricing feels good to me, and it's staying put. Number three. I don't want to create, ooh, I don't want to create a new program. I want to grow the art of money. I'm going to amend that. I've looked into creating a financial therapist. Oh, I'm going to amend this right now. So number three at that time was I wasn't ready to do a certification. I wanted to grow my, the numbers for my, you know, the number of students for my year-long program. Well, um, and then number four was I'm writing a book proposal for book number two. So just to finish those two things is that um, here we are in 2019, and my, I said no again. I said yes to a second book. Um, and then when it really came down to it, I said no, and then no, and no. And then this January, I got an offer from my publisher that feels really right and good. And the equation of time, money, energy, family, and health is all lining up, which it hadn't in the previous book ideas. And I'm so excited. And um, book proposal has gone in. And um, we will be hearing probably in May. And then the second thing is that I am going to be offering a certification program in 2020. So um, I will, yeah, more details will be coming with all of that. So I was thinking I needed to do the book or the certification program. And looks like the second book will begin this year. And then we will be praying the whole year for to offer my very first Art of Money certification in 2020, and the prerequisite for that is my year-long program. So to complete this story, ah, sweet clarity. I took my time to get to clarity around firing my CFO, but I didn't need to agonize over this decision. I didn't need to stay in the relationship longer than necessary or worry about needing him to like me. Clarity and done. I'm grateful for this experience and the insights it sparked for me, and I'm excited to keep working on things that feel like my legacy in ways that feel true and good. Thank you so much for listening to this long story. I hope it has served you and your money relationship with a few gems. And thank you so much for being a part of my Art of Money community. It's my honor to support you. Hi again. Thank you so much for joining me today. What you heard here is a delicious sample of the loving guidance, heartful inspiration, and practical tools you'll find in my year-long money school, The Art of Money. I hope you found something here to take with you, a lesson, some inspiration, or even just a little grace for yourself and where you are in your own money journey. If you're feeling called to wade deeper here, please pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations, and grab your favorite person. You can find out more at barrytesler.com.